the Behind the You podcast, Branson Dean, veteran, mature, young adult, aspiring professional football player, and a degree in something that is well beyond my mental capacity. Welcome, and thanks for doing this, buddy. How are you? I'm good, man. Appreciate it, Josh, man. How you doing? I'm good. So, quick update. We are in Miami, yes, and we're getting ready for the draft, I, I presume. Yep. Uh, the next step for me is getting ready for the pro day. Pro day is when? In March, usually, right? Uh, yep, March 18th. Okay. All right. What, what, we got any goals set out? What are we, what are we working towards? Yeah, man. Um, I really want to do well on my bench, uh, mid-20s, shooting from mid-20s, um, and I, we'll see what we run. Probably be the lower half of the D tackles, but I still want to run. How's <laughs> <laughs> the vertical? We'll see. I can't dunk, but but cannot be, dunk. No, I can't dunk. Okay, so we'll how, see where that measures out yet. How tall are we? Uh, six two, man. You're just gonna position and body people. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And how many have we benched before? Have we hit the mid twenties? So I've never, I've never actually tested it, but like during my training. Yeah, as we actually kind of practice that, we're getting to about 18, 19, um, and kind of just stopping for um, injury measures. But, yeah, we're, we're getting up there. We ain't going to go for a go, but we're going to go for a go on pro day. All right. Now, we're going to get into some football stuff, but you tweeted this out recently. We have a sh some kind of shoe or sneaker problem. You tweeted out that you learned about dunks, and you're like, if I already had a sneaker problem, I got a, I got a bigger one now. Yeah, coming down to South Florida, man, you see a bunch of dunks, man. The, the, the kids down here are wearing dunks, and I've never really – uh, up north, we we didn't really rock them like that. But I came down here and I, I found a new interest in those. Uh, I've been buying a lot of pairs, man. <laughs> where, where, where's your go-to? Where, where are we buying online? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I go to Go. Um, I, I still got some friends back home who work in the sneaker store, so they hooked me up. Uh, but, yeah, I primarily rely on those two. And what were you wearing back north? Uh, Jordans, man. A big Jordan guy. Big Jordan guy. Yeah, big Jordan fan, man. Jordan now Jordan Big Jordan the brand or Big Jordan Jordan? Nah, the brand, the brand, man. I'm a LeBron guy through and through. <laughs> through, and through. I'll argue with anybody. Let's go, lay it out. Well, you might as well. Let's go. Let's hear it. Big LeBron guy, man. Uh most consistent player ever. Most versatile player, man. I, I love LeBron, dog. Cause I are you a Knicks fan by trade? I, I I saw something like that. Where, where are we in the NBA? No, nah, I'm a I just say I'm a LeBron guy, man. The Lakers frustrate me too much to call myself a fan. LeBron is kind of my centerpiece. I like the young guys, too, a lot. I'm kind of more of a fan of players. Did you watch the game the other night? Yeah, yeah, I tuned in, man. That was good. Yeah, it really was. Those are some old dudes, but, man, they still playing at a high level, man. Like, they got fresh legs. Yeah. You're a Midwest guy, so I guess you're, LeBron was kind of peaking about the time you were getting in the exactly sports. exactly that that's all over the place uh north man so yeah that's that's kind of where i tend to all right so let's get into some football talk we're actually going to stay in the midwest since you're a big 10 guy uh-huh played michigan played ohio state during your career correct mm -hmm. correct michigan clearly obviously just won the national championship ohio state's been in the college football playoff a lot everybody wants miami to get back there so as a guy who played in the Big Ten, as a guy who played against those teams and who just spent the last year under Coach Cristobal at Miami, can you see this thing trending in the right direction? Definitely. I think, especially when you start up front, because that's kind of where it starts in the Big Ten, right? In the trenches, uh, you you can really see the comparison um, in our offensive line and our defensive line. We're, we're really big up front. 
Coach Maribel got those guys huge, re- moving really well, strong, powerful guys. So you look at them, and I can compare them a lot to what Michigan had a couple of years ago and what they had this year, uh, the Minnesotas of the world, the Wisconsins. You re- we really sized up in the trenches. Um, but, you know, the, you know, the skill position is big, too, out there. So I think if you, if you really want to compare the two, that's what we'll have to get. You know, um, at Miami, really big skill guys. But up front, man, we, we really size up to the Big Ten a lot. So you mentioned the trenches. That's where I was going to go. When you were at Purdue and you would have to face Michigan or face Ohio State, mm-hmm. what was it like facing the caliber of guys that they had, the physicality they had? Why has that ultimately become the difference maker? You saw people talking about the championship games yesterday in the NFL. It came down to the trenches. You know if it's Mario Cristobal, he's building in the trenches. Michigan won the national championship. Jim Harbaugh, physical brand of football. What is it like when you're either going against a group like that that's laying on you all game or when you are the more physical bunch coming out of a league like that? I mean, you really see the attitude of the team from the trenches. I really believe that the trenches lead every team, uh, that the big guys are the tough guys, the guys going to stay consistent all game and uh, do the same job over and over again until you quit. And I mean – Playing against it, like it gets you prepared for the next level. Kind of, you kind of have to measure up uh, going against those quality guys in the in the big programs. You you get a chance to measure up and see where you're at, and you know what I mean. Uh, put on tape that you can play with these guys. And I think Coach Cristobal is doing a great job with the guys we got. Man, it's really great um, system they got. We got some really great players that uh, that can really size up up north. When you went up against Michigan, what was the scouting report going up against their O line? Uh, don't get knocked off by double teams. Uh, <laughs> they out in the B gaps and the A gaps and come fill the C gaps and D gaps because that's where they want to hit. A lot of power, a lot of counter inside zone. They make the DBs tackle on the edge. Um, but you have to stay stout in the middle because they run through the A gaps and the B gaps too. If I'm, I mean, I, I'm no football coach, but I feel like our run game like to work on the interior as well and, and mm-hmm. just kind of be stout with those guys. So exactly. you get a sense that that is – trending in the right direction yes especially with our guys man henry and mark man tough dudes man and and they're not scared to stuff it up in there either uh they won't hesitate they'll go right through and find the seam and next thing you know they're in the linebackers and safeties so i mean we we got the same system um and i think it'll work really well with the interior offensive line we have coming back change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. So two things, Branson. One, Mark Fletcher, I'm sure I'd bet my house on it. You don't remember saying this. That being said, I do remember you saying this, and I happen to go back and look at it again today. Someone asked you during, I don't know if it was during the season or during camp, someone asked you about Mark Fletcher, and I think the first word that came out of your mouth was golly. And I've, yeah. not, heard, I've not heard a golly in a long time. <laughs> so what did you think when you first saw Mark Fletcher? I think, and I think I first saw him in the backfield during camp, and you see him back there kind of standing straight up, and he's like 6'1 and 6'2". <laughs> you're like, oh, my goodness. Then when he gets the ball, 
he's he's a lot more agile than you would think. Like he he's not just gonna run straight at you and run you over. He'll hit you with a cut. He's he's a little deceptive, man. He he, he got all the tools, man, to be a to be a small guy just in a big body, man. So God Lee was is the first thought that came to my mind because he's a big dude. And you really just don't expect him to do the thing he does. Well, that being said, uh, Mr. Dean, you're six two, he's six two, and I would <laughs> say that not everyone probably gets this opportunity. I do in, in my job. But when you stand next to Mark Fletcher, you know what? It is appropriate because it's a guy. It's like, damn, that's a big dude right there. And he's the same size, same height. I should say, I won't say same size, same height. Man, he, he's thick too, dog. He, he get the, he get the right meals on him, man. He'll be a big 240 guy, man. He, he don't control his eating dog, but he's a big dude, man. So I want to go back to something that you said uh, just before, which you were describing how Michigan runs the football, right? You said you got to be A's and A gaps, B gaps. You got to be stout inside. They're going to, you know, power it up through a lot of power runs, gap runs, that being said. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, it's a hard day's work being a defensive lineman. <laughs> really, it really is. It really is. It's I was just thinking, well, that sounds like fun if you're Michigan, but if you're Branson Dean on the other side of that, that's a long day. I think that it's in your training, man, to, to have the mental capacity to stay dialed in, man, through through the beating. Um, we we train for it. We we work out all year to be ready for those type of games. It's a job that many people turn down, though, man. You you got to be a tough son of a gun to to do that, man, all uh, all day. So last year you would have been splitting. Let's say you have been trying to split Matt Lee, Javion Cohen, Matt yeah. Lee, Inez Cooper. So yeah. what's that like? So. The two guards, man, are some uh, two of the biggest, strongest guys um, I've played with. You got to go to practice and do it with these guys, man, Sunday through Thursday. So it's tough. It's definitely tough. Matt was incredibly smart to where he was picking up our stuff without, you know what I mean, while we were disguising it. He was incredibly smart. He would tag off and secure a gap that maybe wasn't even his, but it would make the play better. So, I mean, those three guys really helped me out in my development. Um, and I can't, I can't wait to see what their future holds, especially Ness Cooper. Yeah, talk to me about Big Coop because he's coming back. So I feel like there's more with Coop. Like, I, yeah. I think uh, he's a hard to handle. And, and he's a lot, man. So I didn't know coming in and as I got to know him, he, he told me I didn't know he was a basketball guy. Um, in high school. So you can really see it when you watch his film. He has great feet. He has great feet. He can, he's light on his feet. He can move. So, so it's hard to get around him. And when he sets his arms is out like this. So he, he looks a lot bigger than what he already is. He's huge. So I mean, <laughs> he, he's definitely a lot to handle. Um, he's, he's already has the knowledge to be a veteran player even last year. Um, I think just for him, he just had to stay focused, man, and, and pay attention to the weight room, um, lock into the weight room, and he'll be a first-round pick here soon. He looked pretty good last year. He slimmed down. He lost a lot of weight. I seen a picture of him in high school, and I was like, oh, my God. Look at <laughs> Golly. Golly. Yeah, did a did a great job with him. He really did. And I know you probably didn't go up against him too much, but what about the freshman right tackle, Maui Noah? That's a big dude, too. It got golly, golly. <laughs> hey, yeah, CC's a workhorse, man. He, he really is in the weight room. He's he's a monster. Um, and he all he wants to do is get better, man. He, he's excited to get better, and I think that's what, what you really need in a, in a young guy. So, like I said, like I said, Coop would be a first round pick, he will too. Anything those guys did, either against you, against the, one of your opposing guys in the D line, mm -hmm. put it back on film, or just in the moment where you were like, whoof. 
I ain't seen nothing like that before. Man, so I in camp one time, and, and I'm a vet. So right, I know. We're, I, I tell, by the way, that's why we're having this conversation because I feel like you're a vet, mm -hmm. but you also have perspective coming out of the Big Ten, coming out you're of right. Purdue, right? So I feel like what you say is stamped because it's not just a very narrow Miami vision. It's like you've got some perspective of going up against a lot of other competition to make these statements, and they hold up. Exactly. So, yeah, one, uh, one, one time in camp, I think it was a camp practice, I can read screens really well. I can read screens. I can feel the deception from the offensive linemen, and I could just ta like tag them and grab their jersey and run down the line of scrimmage and uh, make the play. So uh, they they seen it. Coop seen it a few times on film uh, from the previous camp practices. Um, and so one play, I read it, and he let me. He kind of let me run it down just to overlap me and cut me off at the point. And it was it was one of the most amazing things I've seen from a young old lineman because to take that track and catch me before I get there and still pin me off so that so the tunnel screen can hit it was crazy because it's usually that's usually one of those things you see from fifty year six year guys that that's been around the game a long time that just speaks to his knowledge of the game and and him getting better on film. When you think of great football and baseball, you think about the U. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lebovic Law Group. At Lebovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lebovic. Lebovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! You ever snap at Matt Lee and be like, we, we knock it off, dude. Stop, stop calling our plays. <laughs> yeah, man. Me, me and Matt Lee got like a like a knowledge war at the line of scrimmage, man. <laughs> I, I'm trying to trick him, and, and I'm saying stuff to them to throw him off, and he's just not budging. He he's sliding his protection where he know we're coming from, and and it, it can nothing uh, change his mind. He, he's really smart, man. He's a really smart dude. And intense. Yeah, he, he's intense. Matt, Matt Lee's scary, man. Yeah, don't get him mad. <laughs> Don't don't get them mad. So let me ask this. Why did you come to like how did uh, you're a Midwest guy, right? Are you born and raised in Indiana? Yep. So you're born and raised in Indiana, five years at Purdue. Well, I guess did you enter the portal because Brom left? Yeah, because Brom left. Yes, sir. Okay, so you enter the portal because Brom left, and then what happens? Uh so I heard from Miami almost right away, early in my process. Um, Coach Rob Wright, who was there last year. Uh, he kind of hit me up and was like, look, man, we've seen your film. We love what you do. And we kind of need help, uh, you know, down here with depth and stuff like that. So I've kind of checked it out because Florida is kind of one of those spots. I mean, when you're in the Midwest for a long time, you're like, man, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the cold winters. I'm tired of the November games where, where it's brutal outside. So I wanted to go somewhere warm. Um, I'm like, look, Florida or out west, uh, kind of one of my key spots I want to go. I didn't know much about Miami either. Um, I didn't know – I kind of didn't know much about Cristobal or Coach Taylor or Coach Joe or the stuff they had going on down here. So it was kind of new for me. So when, when Rod hit me up, I was like, perfect, I'll check it out. Did you come visit? Yeah, I came to visit for one day. Came came up by myself for one day um, and checked it out. I didn't really need to see much because I'm a fifth year, dog. I don't, I don't need to see no classroom or no dorm. Give me an apartment. I don't really need to see all that. Just give me six hours. I'd know if I want to come or not. So you got your six hours. What'd you see and, and when did you know? So yeah, when I when I first got here, man, Coach Joe picked me up from the airport. 
kind of took me down to the uh, facility. We ate breakfast um, and, and we kind of just went over some film. Like I told him, I want to come here if we can make me better, right? Um, and, and prepare me for the NFL. And uh, I pull up to the facility and Coach Taylor is sitting on the turf field in front of the screen and is just watching film. And, and that's when I first met him. He's watching film of you? Yeah, yeah, he's watching my film. You guys are in the practice facility. Yeah, there's a big screen on the turf field. Like, off to the side, there's a big screen in front of him. He's just sitting there by himself watching it. Um, so that was my first time meeting him. And, and he, and he kind of- What did he say? What did he say? What was the first conversation? So he has a play-up where I get a pressure on Syracuse. I, I think I hit a chop club, um, and, and I get a pressure on Syracuse. He starts to clip and he and he looks at me. He's like, "You want to know why you missed this sack?" No, 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 no. I, I made the sack, but he wanted. He was like, "This is a good play, but you want to know why I would give it a minus?" He was like, "You didn't get the ball out." And I'm just like, "What?" And so he was like, "You probably don't know this about me, but I let the NFL in all-time fumble recoveries for a touchdown." And I was like, "Well, okay, I I know, I know what this kind of gonna be like now." And he was real honest with me, man. He was like, he was pulling up to some of the some of the good plays that I made, and was like, "This is how I can make this play this much better, right?" Um, if you let me coach you, and and it was it was a it was a good time because I thought I was I finally got to talk to somebody who was way above my knowledge, you know, in in, in football, man. And it was it was a great conversation because we kind of just vibe like that. So you said you wanted to go somewhere that would make you better, that get you ready for this moment, the NFL. What was it that you were seeking? In this case, Jason Taylor and Coach Joe could have been anybody else. What did you need to hear that was like, you know what? Yeah, that'll make me better. They've, they've got something I don't. Right. So for me, you know, after doing a little research and, and being on Twitter for a while around the, the pro football focus pages and, and stuff like that, you could see like Miami had a lot of talent. Uh, Leonard Taylor and Akeem Mesidor and and Najee League and all these guys who are combining for uh, pressures and sacks the season before, and I'm like, I think it'd be great to get around those guys and turn it up even more. We got these great coaches, Coach Joe, Coach Taylor, Coach Rod at the time. And I thought I made up in my mind that that getting around these guys opens it up for everybody, right? So I was I wanted to put myself on the platform to where we all could shine, right? And so when I met with Cristobal, his mantra is kind of like leading from the trenches. And that's when I knew. I was like, this head coach believes in building from the trenches and believes in leading his team from the trenches in our So this is my type of guy. And, and I knew right after meeting with Cristobal, I'm like, I'm coming here. It, it didn't matter anymore. So you're talking about on that trip, when you're done with Coach Joe and JT, you get some time with Coach Cristobal, and he's – not surprising, right? Because this is what he believed, and this is what he talks about, and this is the gospel according to Coach Cristobal. I, he's used the word in public, but I stole it. Trench-driven organization. Yeah. So I imagine that was the theme. Yeah, it, it was. It was. And and I'm that type of guy, man. I believe that the trenches should be hard. Um, the training should be hard. It should be tough. And and he, he believes that also, 100%. He, he fully uh, dived into that. And like I said, man, uh, we, we hit it off immediately because, man, we got the same beliefs. And like I said, man, I knew right after that meeting where I was going. Did you give word at the meeting or did you hold out a little bit? No, nah, I did. I, I, I held out a little bit because I had another visit. I had another visit uh, scheduled. Where'd you go? Arizona State. I got a I got an old friend out there, man. I, I had to pay up some respect and see what he was talking about. A coach? 
Yeah, oh, Coach, yeah. I gotcha. I'm John Davis, Secretary of the Florida Lottery, and I'm proud to lead an agency that is creating brighter futures for Florida students, families, and communities. As the primary funding source of the Bright Future Scholarship Program, the lottery has helped nearly one million students reach their dream of a post-secondary education. And we will continue to do our part to ensure that every student across this state is aware of these opportunities and has the resources needed to succeed. Because together, we can build a brighter future for all. I guess you were kind of, I guess you were, oh, you were recruited by these guys, but mm. can you env envision what it would be like? Uh, well, I'm going to ask you about Jason Taylor, just because from obviously, you know, now, but like down here, legend, like Hall of yeah. Fame, legend, dolphin, the whole deal, right? Like JT 99, that's all you got to say. So obviously in this class coming up recruiting class, they killed it, right? That they say the best defensive class in the country. So put me in their shoes about what it's like to be recruited by JT. Man, it's a smooth-talking dude, man. He's a smooth-talking guy, but he knows a lot about sports, man. He knows a lot. He kind of lets you be a man about your decision, um, but but he puts a lot out there for you to know that uh, he really wants you and he really can improve your game. I, I don't think my I don't think my recruitment gonna be was a lot like theirs because, like I said, I only had one meeting with the guy. All right, so let's so so we'll switch gears. What's it mm -hmm. like to be in his room? Meeting room, practice field, game day. What's it like to be in his room? Okay, so we spent a lot of time in there, man. In the in the meeting room, he's real laid back. He's real laid back. He's chill, but we get work done. And and he he's going he's going running like an NFL coach. It's this is a production based league, and if you're not producing, then then he can't play you. But he's he's really laid back. It's almost scary, right? But when we get on our practice field, he turns it up to a whole nother level. He's really intense. Um, you, you can see veins in his head, and he's sweating and and almost out there passing out. He's running around with us and, and showing us new things. He hits a complete switch when we get out on the practice field that I think guys really enjoy because um, it motivates you, especially on the on the hot day. You you see a coach out here sweating by the head and and running around and his his, his hoodie is drenched in sweat. It, you kind of like, man, if he could do it, man, we could be out here doing it because he's doing it for us. And also on game day, he's at least from what I could see, just being down there, like he pushes your guys' buttons, like in a just kind of says like a he just kind of digs at you a little bit and then gives yeah. you a little smile. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he'll say something. He'll say something competitive to you. He'll say something like, "You want me to get down there and do it?" Yeah, no. no he and then it kind of look, and then it just kind of look back at you with a smile, yeah. like yeah, yeah. He, he kind of smirk at you real quick, and you like, man, this this mother effort. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's man, Coach Taylor, man, I love him, man. And I would, and we should give him praise, or you can give him as much praise as you want, right? Like you're not coaching if you don't know, like mm -hmm. Hall of Famer, legend, this, that, whatever. But at the end of the day, you're you're in there working and grinding. Like, talk to me about his knowledge. A lot of people around college football, man, they they just know the basics, right? They just know the the, the club rips, and you you get off the line of scrimmage, and you and you run up to this guy, and you do a move. The, the coach Coach Taylor has been in the position. He, he's he's played, he's been around a whole bunch of guys that have played at a high level. So he's really can, he really can explain our jobs to another level as t in terms of I've been here and I know what's going to happen when the offensive lineman does a certain thing. Right. So he really he really puts himself in your shoes and you get a better understanding because this is a guy who's done it.
And this is a guy that knows the tricks of the trade. He knows exactly where to put his hands or or, or where to tell you to put your hands for the best success at winning. He knows the mindset. It's just it's amazing to have somebody on your team that, that can literally be in your shoes and explain to a T what it's supposed to look and feel like. All right, so talk to me about Lance Guidry. Mm-hmm. Coach G. Gets a three-year contract. We got him in place for another couple of years. Mm-hmm. Give me one, why his scheme works and why you worked in his scheme. So his scheme works because he did. I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, don't, he, I'm sorry. Don't, yeah, don't give it. Yeah. We're not going to, we're not going to try and lose games next year, but yeah, just give, exactly. me a little, give me a little bit. Yeah. His scheme is not really for us. It wasn't really about where we were at on the field. It was about how the offense lined up. Right. And, and when you start looking at it like that is you can, play better defense for what you can predict is coming, right? If that makes sense. So, so like, if the running back and the tight end on our opposite sides of the field, you can predict that they're going to cross when the play starts, right? It's just offense one-on-one. His scheme really speaks to that because our assignments are catered to that. So we fit, or I fit, and in, in the defensive line did a good job because we're guys that are, are quick, we slanted, um, and we played fast in the backfield. He he didn't really have many rules for us. As long as we slant it the right way, we we get in the backfield and we make plays. And you just never know where we're coming from. There's so many disguises. Um, there's so many different checks and adjustments to what the offense is doing. Where we were, I don't think those. I think those guys were pretty much prepared for for whatever the offense did. It was just about execution and 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 playing to our keys. Imagine a bank that cares about you, one that sees their customers as part of a team with a common goal to achieve their dreams. Well, imagine that. There is one. We're Amarant. We're ready to help you wherever you are in life and just as importantly, wherever you want to go. Amarant, official hometown bank of the University of Miami Hurricanes, member FDIC. So when you first started learning his defense based on that first thing you said about a not giving too much away and then sort of like it's not how you align, but it's almost how they align. And then you sort of, I guess, counter that somewhat yeah. meaning the offense defense. But when take me back to when you first sort of learning the defense after being five years at Purdue as you self-proclaimed veteran, mm-hmm. did it open your eyes to to other ways to play defensive football? Yeah, definitely. Um, at Purdue, we kind of ran the. The one three five kind of defensive line adjustments. Um, so I kind of stayed in the three my whole time. Um, I played three technique, uh, B gap. That that's what I do, man. I stay in the B gap. Sometimes slant out to the C gap, but man, that's me. So when I when we first learned his defense, he introduced it as sometimes we're getting two threes and and two fives, or sometimes we'll get in zero four zero and, and slant out of that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what is what is all of this? I I never played it before, but I think it, it took us to rep it in the spring to actually see that it works and believe. Man, we we made a lot of plays in the spring. Spring game, you guys were on fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and it was a lot of it was a lot of crazy blitzing and a lot of crazy slant. People were just all over the place. I imagine we, that's fun, isn't it? That's got to be fun if you're a defensive player. Like you guys got coming from all over. You get you got to think. I'd imagine if I was me, I'm like, man we're going to create chaos. It's going to be straight chaos. Exactly. Especially coming from a system to where you just play strictly B to C, right? B, you know what I mean? B, a B gap player, man, it, it took a while for me to be like, 
okay, this actually does work. It's definitely different. It's definitely a different style of defense, but it works and it causes people havoc. Um, so so I'm glad we got him for another three years. I know somebody in the country would have been dying to have him. One more thing, and you can try and explain this as best you can without giving too much away. Coach Gidry was on this podcast, and the one thing he said that I thought was he said he said um, he actually said three things. So we'll, we'll go through some of these. One, he said he likes messing with the brain trust of the offense. So he said that was basically your your center, your two guards, and your quarterback. And yep. that you've kind of alluded to that somewhat, right? That his goal, if you can tinker with the brain trust and get the wiring. Uh, a little screwy that you, you've yep. done your job. So exactly. how how does he do that in in a uh, one example? Let's say we want to give it all away. Give me an example of how you mess with the brain trust. So you got the you got the walked up six look. It was just in one example. We we a show a lot. He would signal something in and then tag it with show. And I mean, you got six guys walked up on the line of scrimmage, but you have no idea where the pressure's coming from. So you got the center checking to the linebackers and the, and the blitz might come off the edge. So the running back don't check for him. So let me ask you this. In that moment, mm -hmm. knowing that it could be, you know, from any, you know what's coming or not coming. They are trying to guess. And I'm sure obviously, right, you show it one way and you do one thing. You show the same thing again. You do it another way. And now they have no freaking clue what's going on. Exactly. But I imagine as if you can pick up on what those guys are saying, Somewhere in the back of your head, you're laughing like, "Oh, they're getting they're getting housed right now." <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and and I think we did we did a really good job of that Texas and M game. Man, we we hit the guy a lot, and you could just see him. You could just see him so confused back there, man. We we were coming all over the place, man, and he was getting tagged a lot. Yeah, he was getting he he got tagged a lot, Mac. You got a lot of hits. Tough kid, though. tough kid. Yeah, tough kid. But when he's on the ground, that's a, that's a that's a good day for you guys. Exactly, exactly, man. He was and he was thought of as one of the better quarterbacks in the nation, but Coach G came in that week and was like, man, he ain't been hit yet. And, and he was like, <laughs> I'm going to blitz him, I'm going to hit him, and we're going to see how long he stayed. And, and that's exactly what we did, man. Is that also part of his personality? I feel like that's kind of his personality. It is. It is. It is. As you get to know him, you'll see, man. Coach G a gangster, man. Coach <laughs> G is a gangster. <laughs> we're going to keep that. Coach G is a gangster. <laughs> and I'm sure that also helps whether whatever system he's running, right, just he could be running anything per se, but just his personality, right, you would be all in based on that. Yeah, his personality, man, it, it really drives you to go out there and play and give it your all for him, man. How is Coach G a gangster? He goes into all the every opportunity, man, looking at none other than how we can go out there and cause chaos, like you said, man. It, he he doesn't think any offense is is uncrackable with our blitzes and, and the way we hit him and he's not he ain't scared, man. He he going in there head first and he like, man, I'm gonna shoot my gun. And we're gonna and we gonna see and we're gonna see what happened at the end of the day. But I'm running my stuff, like like he says. So we're like, shoot, come on. Now, one other thing he said, kind of almost like Jason Taylor from this standpoint, right? It's one thing to be aggressive, it's one thing to be confident, you know, it's one yep. thing to be have that swagger, so to speak, about how you play defense, call defense, you know, whatever way you want to kind of describe it. But the other thing he said to me, which I thought was pretty interesting, was he talked about adjustments, right? He goes, the first one, the first one that can get you to an adjustment, essentially, right? Like if you, you know, everyone's scheming, right? Everyone's scheming and scouting. Mm -hmm. So he goes, once you get someone out of what they came in to do it, they're going to revert back to what they showed on film. And the quicker you pick that up, the quicker we got you. His in-game ability to process, how did it strike you? So we don't, so we don't get a lot of that, man. At, okay. At man, we, we, we kind of go, 
our way and, and and slant one way or the other. It was kind of like that for us. So it was everyone behind you, not your not not your position group. Yeah, that that's a, that's a question for the safeties, man. The safeties were a big part of that. The safeties linebackers. I got you. Now I will say this: Coach Gizzy was always like the first coach out of the locker room at half. He'd be in there real quick and walk out. I'd be like, "What are you guys? You guys must have not met very long." Yeah, man. He like he said, man. He he likes to shoot his gun and he calls what he calls, uh, and and we'll see how you handle it. But uh, he, I think he was more like a an energy message guy at halftime. He like, man, get this under control, and and I'll see y'all at the end. <laughs> um, so yeah, we didn't we didn't really meet for long. We we met with our position at halftime, and and he would come and come and get a message and be out. Vince Wolford visited with you guys briefly this this season, right? I think it was during yeah. camp, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had you guys all in a circle after mm-hmm. practice. You remember what he talked about or what he said? I think it was one of those those long days during practice, um, during one of those camp practices. And and I think he was kind of disappointed at the energy. It was one of those days that it was later in the week and and guys were kind of dragging it, kind of dragging and it was hot. And he was kind of just upset with the energy that we brought out to practice that day. And he kind of talked about uh, the way they practice um, during the, you know, the glory days when he was there and it was the same field, same field, same weather. So he's been through it. Right. Uh, and he's like, man, if you want to be, want to be a dog and want to be the person you say you are, I mean, you got to bring it to practice and don't let up and you got to practice like, like it's a game. And he kind of just gave that message, especially to our young guys. And I think it really, really changed the tide, man. Um, during our camp to, to have him come and visit because Man, I, we appreciate the knowledge and the, and the realness of his conversation. How would you like lining up next to him? Make your job a little easier, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, he, he'll take on all three people. He'll take on all three people. Everybody get one-on-one. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah, Vince was a dog. Join us at Gulfstream Park this spring with live action Thursday through Sunday. Enjoy entertainment outdoors at the Carousel Club or Feast in Ten Palms. Not hungry? Visit our many on-site shopping locations from fashion stores to home furnishings. For schedules, reservations, and tickets, visit GulfstreamPark.com. Last couple things, Branson. You talked to Mario before in regards to just, you know, what he prioritizes other than winning the whole freaking thing. But, you know, it starts, in, you know, down in the trench. It starts with the big guy. starts with your group, offensive line group, et cetera. But more so kind of big picture, again, as a guy – who's a veteran, right? So you're not an 18-year-old freshman. You're not a 17-year-old freshman, right? The words probably hit a little bit differently. What you need from a head coach is probably a little bit different. What is it about Coach Cristobal and how he runs and operates that resonated with you and also how you can see how this will continue to build to where ultimately you know where he wants to get it and everybody wants it to get? I think for me, and, and him and my old head coach had two different styles, right? He's one of those guys that, wants to initiate the toughness and and he doesn't leave it. He doesn't really leave it to anybody else to have a message for a team or at the end of practice, he's the one that's talking and delivering a message on what he thought. Right. Um, He he initiates it, but he also breathes confidence in his guys. He he talks to us. He talks about what he sees and what can improve. So he has a, he dibbles and dabbles in every position. He he doesn't just stay at one position. He he knows a lot about the game. He doesn't like he can talk to everybody about what he sees and and what he can improve. How does he initiate toughness? I, I think, like I said, I'll go back to camp because man, on those long days when when it's kind of hard and it's it's hot out there and you really don't want to be there, right? 
he he's one of those guys that that gets it started by by man, look, we need this. Or or I think one of the messages that I had when I first got there, he, he talked about Florida State. And and he he's real. He he hates them. He he really hates those guys. And he gets passionate when he talks about it. And he said he said many a cuss words in that sentence. But you remember how he was in the game? I know it was a loss. But you remember how he was in the locker room after the loss? Yeah, exactly. He he, he he's that passionate about winning every day. He's that passionate, and and you can see it in the way he comes into the uh, facility. Do you see him accomplishing the goal? Yes, I, I think. He has that. He really does have that burning desire for perfection, and and doing it in a way that's undoubtedly, you know, what I mean, that's undoubtedly dominant, right? We and we and we train that way. The strength staff is is built that way. He demands perfection from the coaches as well as the players, and, and he's he doesn't let up on anybody, coach or player. He, he just doesn't let up. And so yes, I absolutely. I, I can really see very soon Miami going back to one of the big stages. Last couple of things. So did you know Nigel Pack before Miami? I know you guys went to high school together. So, yeah, we went to high school together. Um, he was in a grade below me. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're familiar with each other because we're from the same city, man. Uh, yeah, Nigel's my, Nigel's my guy. He's a baller. Yeah, he, he's a baller. I mean, been that way. Been that way since high school. Always? Always. But he, he never was really a big guy, so he really didn't. Really didn't really take him that serious until he got on the court, man, and and start shooting the ball around. You you see, you find out quick. You play any basketball or no? No, nah, I didn't play any basketball, man. Straight football guy. Always. <laughs> Always, man. From from a little kid. I think with basketball, it, it's a it's a little bit more pressure, man, because you're on the court, like no equipment, no anything, just you on the court, five guys, and you see the crowd just off to the side. So you see everybody, everybody's looking at you. I just don't think I can handle that type of pressure, man. I, I I think it's a different type of feeling. Now, you know how big football is here. Yeah. How big is basketball there? Huge. High school basketball. Basketball. Basketball period is huge. Purdue, IU, they go at it. High school basketball is really big. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of the opposite, um, but, it, it, but it's huge uh, up north. Two things. What is industrial engineering technology? I kind of sum it up to be the the processes of warehouses right um getting everything out in a time in a timely manner so you got an well, assembly line essentially is my example so you got an assembly line you have these people working the assembly line working together the industrial engineering part is is how can we do this in the most efficient manner to make our time and and do it in a timely fashion to where we're not behind on production how'd you pick that you know what's crazy I don't know. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of came into college and was like, "Look, I like this, this, and this. I like, I like math, and I don't really like science, but uh, I kind of like building things and and putting things together." And, and um, my learning specialist kind of suggested it, and I'm like, "Engineering isn't that? That's something you like got to be up all night studying and and doing homework and taking physics." I'm like, "No." She's like, "She's like, look, it's not that bad. It's not that bad." it'll work so it, it took me a while to to kind of commit to it but i ended up finishing it and it, it might be the greatest thing i ever did man i i really i'm really proud of myself that i that i completed it and do you see yourself being in that field one day nah probably not probably not but it, it is it is something that that when i get older i probably uh that i'll probably think about going back into all right
that's uh i was like damn anything with engineering to me scares me off too i ain't gonna lie yeah man yeah it, it, I, it did it did to me at first too it was tough it really was branson we're getting 25 bench presses up all right <laughs> we're gonna make that happen on pro day yep yep shoot man shoot for the stars man have a good workout. Have a good training. We'll see you at Pro Day. Appreciate you doing this. And we got orange and green going through, not black and gold, correct? Yeah, it went orange and green, man, in my veins, dog. Perfect. Branson, <laughs> appreciate you. Appreciate you, Josh, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.